I was really, really uh, blessed to receive a Michael Jackson talent scholarship, which paid for my um, college experience. And I was like, Michael Jackson has scholarships? One, but then I'm actually in the school that I knew nothing about, but I learned the history and it's in Atlanta, the city that I've always wanted to come to. Welcome to the Peace Jam Podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, where we'll introduce you to a sampling of the truly diverse and incredibly talented musicians who call the Peach State home. Each episode will profile a different artist and share songs and stories recorded live in our GPB studios in Midtown Atlanta. I'm your host, Jeremy Powell, and on this episode, we'll talk to an artist from Atlanta whose musical journey started at the age of two. I'm Kia Martin. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I play R&B soul music. And you were just about to tell me a story that mm-hmm. it, your dream was to come to Atlanta. So why from Charlotte to Atlanta? Oh, absolutely. So Atlanta, as young as I remember, maybe even around like kindergarten, first grade-ish, it was just the music, like the, the from R&B music to pop music to you name it, we were always listening to artists in Atlanta. And I remember TLC, Usher, Outkast, I mean, the list goes on, was played in my household. I was like, I gotta get out of here and get to Atlanta so I can be a part of that culture. And um, it was further perpetuated by my family would always take vacations to Atlanta because it was the nearest bigger city. And um, that planted the seed that I eventually, you know, experience growing into now that I live in Atlanta. about coming here for school so school was an amazing opportunity I'll be honest I did not want to go to college at first I just wanted to you know flourish and become this big star and um, it was a friend of mine who was a talent coach in this arts organization title inspire the fire that I grew up in as a kid and he was just like you have so much talent I think that you should pursue, you know, getting a music degree. And I was like, no, I'm going to be famous. I want to do all this. Like my mentality was just, (laughs) you know, very (laughs) different then. And 
I just remember he would take me around to different people in Atlanta, uh, excuse me, in Charlotte and sing. And one of them happened to be a graduate of Morehouse College, who was like a big band director. And he was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to make some calls. You're going to get into uh, this college, Morehouse College, which I didn't know what college that was at the time. That set the tone for me to do some auditioning here in Atlanta. And I was really, really uh, blessed to receive a Michael Jackson talent scholarship, which paid for my um, college experience. And I was like, Michael Jackson has scholarships, one. But then I'm actually in the school that I knew nothing about, but I learned the history. And it's in Atlanta, the city that I've always wanted to come to. serendipitous that you yeah all of these things kind of culminated into you moving to Atlanta for free and getting paid in or getting an education for free mm -hmm. and getting to be a, a musician and a singer and an artist yeah. I didn't know what a Michael Jackson scholarship was either what is that <laughs> so it is a prestigious scholarship that I believe my financial aid advisor um, it was with uh, a specific college fund that was set aside for aspiring artists, uh, rising kids that have recently graduated high school. And I was like, wow. And she was like, you should really look into it because you're a singer. And so I remember just doing my research and apparently over the years, they've always awarded it to a lot of rising talent. And so I remember applying and I was just nervous because I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm probably one out of a bajillion kids mm -hmm. that want this. And I remember when they sent me an email saying congratulations on being awarded. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like winning a, a major. It's a major award. Right. Mm -hmm. to, Absolutely. To because be I was like, that. nobody can tell me that Michael Jackson did not personally read my essay of course he did <laughs> i'm sure yeah. he had a team of people but to me i feel like michael jackson gave me this money directly so. yeah it, it's a, <laughs> like a stamp of approval but yes <laughs> absolutely on absolutely. your talent Be looking for you. You light my life up like a 
take me back to when you were little because it's my understanding that you were singing around the house when you were like a little bitty kid. Yeah, so there are tons of videos that every time my mom always likes to like bring them up, whether it's a family vacation or a cookout or something, and I'm like, oh goodness, please don't show the skin. <laughs> but I was literally about two years old and my grandmother, she would sit me in a chair, she would sit at the piano and she would just play the piano, sing these songs and she would say, okay, I want you to sing it back to me. And how I knew that I was two or three, cause they, my grandparents and my mom, they kind of like go back and forth. What was the exact age? I remember because at the time there were like VHS tapes, mm -hmm. it cut to my third birthday party. Okay. And I was like, oh wait so i really was like two years old and i just remember my routine would be i would get dropped off at her house um i would do my homework do all of those things and i had to do music lessons and so of course at the time as as a child you're like i want to go play outside i want to play with toys i want to play video games and they were like well you got to do your homework then you're going to practice music because obviously they could see something that I didn't fully see at the time, which I'm very grateful for, because they really, really set the foundation of cultivating the artists that I have become today. And um, I always reflect on those experiences, you know, because it was a lot of just music all around me. And I love singing, but I didn't fully know, I guess, the caliber of skill that I had that my family started to cultivate in me. About it now how old are you right now I'm 29 okay you're 29 yeah. years old think about the idea of seeing a two-year-old child and thinking no that kid's got it mm -hmm. like yeah. it, it's it's a little silly to think about that oh yeah but they saw that in you and and then were able to not necessarily push you but encourage you absolutely from two years old from two years old. So what did you do throughout your, you know, I don't from two on, <laughs> right. what did you do? So I remember because my, so my dad pastors and he was a big local musician. He and my, my uncle, they played piano, organ, they wrote songs and sang as well. My mom was a singer. She was a part of, I remember it was like a church gospel ensemble. So I just remember being drugged to rehearsals every day, church services every day. And then in school, I started to jump into talent shows. People were like, oh, you have talent, you should do this. And it became very fun because I've always been a very artsy, energetic, extroverted, you know, kid. And I always found that the arts, they felt like a superpower. They felt like I could just, you know, thrive and be the best version of myself. So every school year I was doing talent shows, I plays, musicals, church rehearsals, church solos. 
And before I realized it, by the time I remember getting to high school, I had already kind of built up a rapport locally where people were like, oh my goodness, we want to have you audition for this program or for this role. And I was like, how do these people know about me? They were like, you're the kid that you sang at this, you know, musical a few years ago. And so I started to already kind of learn about what a network was, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. And all of those, I think, lessons, they really, really, um, I find myself applying them, you know, now it's like I'm pulling from those childhood experiences, from those rehearsals, from being tired, from wanting to do something else. But I learn about discipline, commitment, dedication, and um, it's exciting to see how all the dots, you know, eventually connect. touched on it here in Atlanta and in Georgia like how is that network of musicians now that you're in it how are you working that network well for starters I specifically remember at Morehouse College uh, King Chapel which is a very prominent venue on campus I was very blessed with an opportunity to audition I didn't know who it was at the time but it was for Stevie Wonder and I knew when I walked in okay. and saw the sheet music, it read My Sharia More, I said, oh my gosh, this is Stevie Wonder. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And from that experience, from going to the rehearsals, I learned how to meet the music directors, mm -hmm. the production team, Stevie Wonder's team. And they were all very hospitable, very nice people, you know? And that started to train me how, one, you always be prepared for a rehearsal, because if you do well, these people will give you a call back. Mm -hmm. They'll recommend you. And that's planted a seed where I started to learn um, how to navigate, you know, as a young singer of always being prepared, but always making sure that when you're in these spaces, mix and mingle. Of course, you don't want to force yourself or, or force a conversation on somebody. But for the most part, you're there because you're supposed to be there, one, but people in that space all have the expectation, oh, well, you're a singer. You're gonna, you obviously can sing great because you got, you booked this audition, you know? So from those, um, those moments, definitely with Stevie Wonder, I remember meeting um, um, Neo at a studio before and The Dream, who was, these are all like Atlanta staples. And it was that same culture of, by just being in that space, maximizing those opportunities they lead to more opportunities so that networking piece and it really began to build my career right before my eyes and so atlanta's that important to music oh absolutely absolutely i i 100 percent believe um even me as a child from having those trips to atlanta where i wanted to migrate here physically being here it is almost um it goes without question that atlanta contributes so much to music culture by and large but for every musician they come through atlanta you know so it, it behooves any person i think to build a network connect with people in atlanta because atlanta i'm sure for years to come will 
absolutely remain like a change agent in the music industry. I want to address something. You said that your dad is a pastor, mm -hmm. but you also were listening to Outcast in the House. How does that go <laughs> hand in hand? That is always filled with fun memories because I had a lot of friends that had very strict households, you know. But for me, one, my dad, before he went into ministry full time, he was like a jazz and blues singer. Like my mom always tells the story of how they met. It was at a club that he was singing. He was in like his Temptations era and wooed her. <laughs> and I was very grateful that they would always just play off of vinyls, I remember, and cassettes, and being a kid when they bought me my first CD player, they would always play everything from Outkast to Aretha Franklin to Whitney Houston to Ella Fitzgerald, and one of my favorite singers that I fell in love with her voice, um, Judy Garland, and, and just a lot of different genres of music. They love Frank Sinatra and, and, and the Rat Pack, you know? And I just remember all throughout my childhood hearing all these examples and I was very grateful because my friends would always say we only can listen to you know sacred music here or whatever genre but they didn't limit my reach and that taught me one as I soaked in genres I would try to imitate you know this artist that artist I started getting into songwriting and because my experience was so vast you know I definitely think it allowed me to just approach music in a very free way. And I wasn't, um, I would say, just niched with the genre because that was all I was um, allowed to listen to. Yeah. So you are a dreamer. I want you to get your dream on your mind, your dream in your heart. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. KMR wants you to be reminded that you can change the world and live your dream.
tired of living this way. That's why I'm packing my suitcase. I'm only taking what I need. The world is waiting for me. I won't sit home any longer. There's a child dying of hunger. I should be making a difference. You know I'm telling the truth. Wasted potential is the death of many. Yet there's plenty of dead men who live because they're
What do your parents think of your music now? Oh, they love it. And and it's very cool because, you know, I'm in a phase of my career now where I remember the top of the year going to the Grammys, which was a wonderful opportunity out in Los Angeles, California. And I just remember seeing all these artists. Everybody goes to the Grammys, right? You know, you are winning these prestigious awards and you sing the palm trees and this whole like just cool life and to be there and to you know be talking to my family and they're looking at me the way that I looked at these artists I adored growing up listening to it's truly special because I'm like wow you guys revere me in the same way and then my mom in particular she always always anytime she can she is front and center at the stage when I'm performing yeah and I was looking back at photos um, from a project that I recently released and I was so like awestruck at my mom. She's literally staring at me like, you know, I'm Lionel Richie or Stevie Wonder, or you know what I'm saying? But it's really cool and I, I'm very fortunate that they support me. Absolutely. She's, she's staring at you like, that's my baby. Yes, you're yes. right. You're that's right. my baby up there. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. Oh, that okay. I I do love that. So does she travel? Because I've noticed that you are kind of travel around all across the U.S. I mean, yeah. you're a little bit of a big deal. Oh, thank you. Well, my mom, she's definitely she recently retired, which I'm so excited for her because she's you know just experiencing traveling, just doing what she wants to do, and so she recently has been kind of like tagging along. But it's so funny because she's like, well, son. I wanna, when you start getting a big fancy tour bus, I'm gonna be on a tour bus with you. And I'm like, okay, mom, you're just gonna fly into a city and you can meet me there. You don't have to be with me all the time. But um, it is really fun because she truly um, kind of shifts of being a mom or a momager where she's like a supporter, she's a fan, you know. She is excited and she literally listens to the show as though she didn't grow up hear me singing all the time, you know? And so um, that has been fun to travel, but definitely here and there, mom can come along, but I'm like, mom, you don't have to be every single city all the time. <laughs> you can set healthy boundaries. Yes, healthy boundaries for sure, <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to the Peach Jam Podcast. Find Kia Martin's complete musical performances on the GPB YouTube page. Listen next time when I'll be joined by a married duo whose life is truly like a country song. I met Willie one night and decided that I wanted to be a musician. I learned how to play guitar. She didn't play. I started writing she sang, songs. But she didn't play. And I, well, really, in, in actuality, it was I decided that night that I wanted to date Willie. <laughs> And I knew a way to do that was to become a musician and just try to woo him that way. So I got a guitar and I learned three chords and I went home and wrote a song. And a week later we played it live on stage. The Waymores are on the next episode of the Peach Jam Podcast. The Peach Jam Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jeremy Powell. Sandy Malcolm is our executive producer. Sound engineering and recording was provided by Sounds Good. Follow us on Instagram at Peace Jam Podcast and look for Peace Jam on TV wherever you watch Georgia Public Broadcasting. In the meantime, please find and support live local music and independent record stores in your area.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.